Hey gamers, it's Lorelai Weissel with the Vorthos cast here with my best co-host on the whole show. Wow, that, that's high praise. Uh, I, I don't deserve it, but I'll take it. Brian, you're the one who showed up. That's oh. that's better than everybody else right now. That's fair. And I'm Brian Dawes, and I'm here, so I'm the best around. Like Karate Kid best around, or it's... like it's 2019? Okay, just I just want to make sure. We're... See, I wanted to break out. I, I I wanted to break out in song, but I, and then I realized I I, I I couldn't care enough to get it to to start singing. So that's the uh, the end of year apathy. The I'm almost on holiday vacation apathy. Yep, two days of work left. You're almost there. While what you'll be done until January second. Wait, what? What's your last day? Because we record on Thursdays. Is this is Thursday when we're talking, but it's Monday or later when y'all out there in the audience are listening. So mon- Monday will be my last day of work for the year, and then I'm off till the second. So present tense. Today's your last day. Congrats. You 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 excited for Christmas? Uh, yeah, I kind of am. I'm ready to be done with work for a while. You got big big Christmas aspirations. What do you want for Christmas? You know what? What I want for Christmas is a podcast. A preview card and Thero story. Uh, listen, I'll let you know a little secret. I'm a Santa's workshop right now because I'm a rascal, you see, and I do crimes. And I'll check around and I'll look around and I'll see if I can get you what you want. Like I'll, I'll, I'll bring it back early. You don't even have to wait till Christmas. Awesome! Can't wait. Yeah, we, we's gonna we's gonna rob from the most charitable charitable human on the planet because that's what we do. We do terrible crimes. Maybe next year, well, like, like, we'll we'll start with robbing charitable people. Maybe next year we'll do a war crime. I don't know. Whoa, whoa! I, I, I'm not, I'm not the 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 orange guy in office. Like, uh, I don't do war crimes, and I don't, I don't pardon people who do war crimes. So, none of that. We've got a whole year to train you to be terrible, Brian. I know, I know you like green and white, but we can make you a villain yet. Hey, I am not Jay. I am not a sociopath- <laughs> sociopathic killer, and it will take longer than a year for me to get there. Everyone should be mad, Jelly. By the way, Jay Jay is not here because he's at Hamilton right now with his wife, like some kind of jerk. He gets no Christmas presents anyway. So you want a podcast next week? Well, got some news for you, Bucko. No podcast next week because <gasps> it's gonna be like the day after Christmas. And so we ain't recording because people got stuff to do and vacations to be on. And guess what? That's that's cool. I, that's I, I still got tote for two out of three, right? Right. Well, okay, but also there's not going to be a podcast the week after because oh. that's going to be right after New Year's, and everyone's going to be tired as hell, and nobody's going to want to record a podcast. That's that's fair. This is our last podcast for a couple weeks, uh, so you know if if you've fallen behind on this year, you know this is a great chance to go back and catch up. On, on our show, you can you can find everything on our SoundCloud profile, scroll down, all those things. Or if you go back through our Twitter feed or our Tumblr feed or Patreon feed. Yeah, so uh, this is our last podcast for a couple weeks. We will be back in early January. Uh, January 13th, Monday, uh, will be our, our, our first new episode again. So so we'll, we'll be out for the holidays. I got some good news for you, Brian, and, and I got some good news for the audience, because uh, while we're not going to have full episodes for the next couple of weeks, uh, we are going to have one small episode on January 2nd, 
because we have a Theros Beyond Death preview card. Yes! All right. Dope card. Can't wait to talk about it. Well, lots of good world building details on it. Shh. Can't know them yet. Yeah, so so January 2nd, our Twitter account, that's at the Vorthos cast preview card. Going to be very exciting. Be there. Or be square. And it's hip to be square, so it's okay if, you, if you're square. Like, it's not that big a deal. I'm a square, so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's okay. Huey Lewis got your back, man. And uh, the other thing you asked for was... Theros story. I, I, I need it. I need, I need to know. Theros story, it's, which is great, because, like, we're heading back to Theros, and uh, Elspeth is going to escape the underworld. She's a fan favorite character. This is this is a moment people have been waiting for for years. She's my boo. I, I, I love her a lot. Ashiok is back. Ashiok is fantastic. I adore Ashiok. People loved Theros. Rich lore, resonant stuff with the top down Greek mythology. Um, you know we've we've had some killer fiction this year, and I'm so excited for the Theros story. But it doesn't matter because we're not getting one. What, what, at all n- n- no but I, I need to know how elspeth gets out so there's an article we'll link to it's like the thorough story as told on the cards it's gonna be the you know so story spotlights narrative fill-in world building details stuff it's up on the mothership we'll link to it uh that's all we're getting for thorough story there there's no ebook there's no web fiction there's nothing surprise planned i don't know how to properly express how terrible of a decision this is. The article with how all that stuff's going to appear in the set, that's a cool article. article like that for every set would be neat. Um, it helps point to how the set is supposed to work and it helps give a guideline for that for folks who aren't going to read the stories. Um, it does not replace a separately published story. That That's my problem with it. We, we saw this happen in the original Innistrad block. So this is when Curse of the Chain Veil was canceled for not being publishable, even though it was written. And so we only got what little story occurred on Innistrad, um, told through some secondary sources after the entire block was released. And most people don't really know what actually happened there. To be honest, I have never read any of that content, and I'm really disappointed with myself about it, so I need to go back and read it, but... There's not, there, there really isn't a whole lot. It's a, like a couple Uncharted Realms. It's not great. And it's like this big hole of Worthos content from between Quest for Karn and uh, The Secretist, the ebook for Return to Ravnica Block a year later. For the first time in, what is this, like a, almost a decade? Where a standard set doesn't have a story associated with it, a separate story pretty close because like i started playing again right around return to ravnica and i i read the stories then and i haven't had a a, a, a period of time where i felt like this so i'm pretty sure it's been close to a decade and like without uncharted realms we're not even getting side stories so like there's just not story content for theros um and where we should be reading a story about one of the most heroic planeswalkers returning from the dead and being a big hero again. So uh, a, a little over a year ago, we had a podcast episode where um, things weren't looking so great for the Vorthos community. And uh, we had a very candid and honest um, 
criticism episode of Wizards of the Coast. And um, to tap in that a little bit, like, I want to make sure, like, any Watsi folk who are listening, any anyone who is listening who can get messages to Watsi folk, like, y'all are losing your community. This whole episode tonight is going to be looking back at the last, a, l- a little over a year in, in terms of Vorthos products and, and, and story and community reactions. And it's not going to be a bright picture. Um, there's going to be some shining moments, but overall, this is not a good year. Last week, uh, Carrie, who who hasn't, who's taken a leave from, from our podcast, uh, but uh, got uh, their first article in, in a couple of years published over at Cool Stuff Inc. We'll link to that too. Um, doing something similar, looking back at the last year, uh, a lot of new things were tried, and and Carrie's article is not that complimentary. Um, I don't think this episode is going to be either. But uh, like, it's just very sad coming off of all the War of the Spark Forsaken things, and really the community just losing hope to have no story for Theros is just like so there's like the moment in the trailer where Elspeth is like scared by this little nightmare creature and then she's dragged under the water and she's fighting and she almost gets out but then more of the hands just cover and drown her we're at that point the Borthos community is at that point we are drowning in hopelessness if you are like like we're we're not that far out from a Netflix series. Uh, we're not that far out from whatever is planned for later this year, or I, I would like in the in the next year. So like twenty twenty stuff. We've got an MMO coming out next year, uh, entering beta soon. Uh, we've got we've got more regular sets. We've got more uh, things getting added to Arena. Um, if you want to build and sell magic as a franchise IP, you need fans. And you need fans who trust you and will support you in those endeavors. And right now, Wizards of the Code, like, you just don't have it. You don't have a fan base who is going to go out and fight for magic story in all these projects. Well, I, I would I would amend that statement. I would say that they have a fan base and they are giving them very little to fight for and it's it'll cost them in the long run. Right. Yeah. Like this this isn't Star Wars where you have a billion fans and yes, there's a hateful minority, but they're a minority and they're not sinking any of your projects. Magic Forthos community is not big. And there's there's so, there's no communication. We didn't know the article with the story moments had to be updated to say that there was no ebook planned and then there had to be confirmed through a hipsters of the coast report that there was no web fiction or any other story plans throughout the like you can't you can't do announcements this way you can't manage a community this way something needs to change like you need to be clear and anticipate questions. You need to anticipate what the community wants to know. I don't know how anybody knows that because nobody talks to us. 
uh, there's nobody, there's no liaison with the fourth host community. Um, We had one survey at the beginning of this year, but that was about producing Magic Story and publishing Magic Story. That wasn't about us as a community and our relationship to the story. That doesn't exist. There isn't a relationship. So much of that was being sustained by people like Kelly Diggs and Doug Byer and Allison Lures out of R&D. Um, but those aren't the people doing this anymore. The two of those people aren't even in R&D anymore. Uh, one of them's not even in the building anymore. There is nobody from either the world building team or the franchise team who is integrating with this community at all and and as someone who has a foot behind the scenes and a foot in the community i can feel that so strongly and it's frustrating it's extraordinarily frustrating for me to have to sit here and watch because what's next is there is there no story for akoria is there not going to be anything with zendikar later this year uh, nobody knows, and nobody has a lot of hope, and nobody has really any expectations. It's not good. It's very bad. I hope somebody takes this seriously, because that would be nice. Because there, there's a serious community building and branding and, and just production problem. And I think that is enough to be said about that right now. For what it's worth, Theros Beyond Death is a fantastic set. There's a lot of good story moments and world building in the set. Um, there are going to be cool things if you play Arena, not to toot my own horn. Planeswalker dialogue is going to be cool. We've got great characters in this set, but it is handicapped in its ability to create narrative experiences for the fans. And magic cannot sustain itself like this. You're going to lose so much from the brand if you cannot maintain a story presence and a story community so yeah that is uh that is that so our year-end roundup and it's actually more than a year because we're kind of tricky because we kind of fell back into an old block system with guilds of ravnica ravnica allegiance and war of the spark where it started last fall and didn't finish till the spring so uh you know some of the narrative elements that were introduced uh at the end of last year, continued into this year. So so we're kind of rewinding back to last fall. And uh, we're going to go product by product, um, talk about uh, the cool narrative things that were produced this year, and, you know, what worked, what didn't, what we liked, what we didn't like, that kind of thing. We're going to start at Guilds of Ravnica, and we're going to go back and reminisce about Nikki Drayden's stories. Uh, there were five for Guilds of Ravnica and then five for Ravnica Allegiance. Uh, one for each guild, and they were little slice-of-life stories. A lot of them had overlapping narratives or characters or events. Uh, so they kind of wove together for the most part um, and created kind of a an inside-the-guild look at daily life as Ravnica existed, and also there were hints at it careening towards Bolus's evil plot. Um, so these were produced as free web fiction on the Mothership on uh, Daily MTG. Brian, thoughts on Nikki Drayden's stories overall looking back? Um, I thought they were great. Um, they made me appreciate guilds that I previously had no fond feelings for at all, and um, it made me reconsider um how 
citizenry on Ravnica existed and how sometimes as, as violent and um, aggressive as some of the guilds can be on it can be uh, depicted on the cards it, it also gave me a feel for how you know the the, the, the the average citizen or sometimes even the guildless would interact with different things in the world and it, I, I feel like it, it gave a, a new depth to the world that I previously didn't really have a feel for and I thought they were great yeah I agree I thought um, so a, a lot of people were disappointed when these first came out because we were like, hey, where are the stories about the set? Where's our continuing narrative? But uh, these stories ended up being really good. I really enjoyed them um, for uh, you know a lot of the same reasons you stated. They were uh, really good looks at the guilds themselves. Um, I think Nikki did a fantastic job as someone uh, who admitted she wasn't terribly familiar with uh, the IP before working on these stories. I, I, I think she managed to find the essence of all these uh communities and in not only as individuals but how they interacted um a lot of these stories were about you know someone in one of the guilds but involved members of other guilds and, and i think she i think she navigated every single one of those brilliantly i i personally love slice of life stories magic is an ip that can sustain those in its world building um, i would like to see more uh little small things here and there would be lovely um, but the criticism of, you know, we had been telling a long continuous story for a couple years and then right before the finale, we took almost an entire year off, um, where this was our main story content. That's not great. Uh, that, that is, that is probably my one main criticism of, of this whole story effort, which has nothing to do with Nikki or her stories in of themselves, but from a planning standpoint, um, from inside Watsi, where this was, I think, not the best way to use narrative time if the goal is to end at War of the Spark, which it was because that was set up all the way back in Magic Origins in, what was that, 2015? But So I, I, I would love to see something like these stories again, um, but not not in place of a set story. Like, I wouldn't have minded some of these, like, being interspersed between, like, the main storyline. Like, maybe we're reading one week about um, something going on with the Celestia, and then maybe we, the next week, instead of going to another guild side of it, we might talk about somebody who might have been affected by whatever happened in Selesnia's story in like maybe this maybe in Selesnia or maybe in another guild entirely but something that helps and maybe that could lead into the next guild active storyline story right, okay so so I, I think I get what you're saying so for example so there's a moment in uh, the gathering storm which finally did tell those set stories um, where uh, one of the military people in Selesnia gets mind-controlled by Bolas and, and leads a, um, a small military coup. Um, so you're saying, like, take one of those block stories about the Selesnia coup one week and then the next week focus on, like, a rando in the guild and and how how the big block story impacts the daily life? Yeah, exactly. That would have been cool. And then maybe have the next story tie into that, like... Maybe that person delivers wine to somebody who's in the main story, and that's how we get our little 
hint of that. It, it's there are a lot of ways where you can intersperse and make, tie all these things together so that people actually care about what the story is being told. Because as good as Nikki Drayden's stories were, I feel like there are a lot of people who really just did not care because they didn't involve the main story. People of the story they didn't involve the main story that was being depicted on the cards of the set. Not entirely a story element, but I want to talk about it anyway. Uh, so last year, the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica was released, or, uh, you know, uh, the, the first real official big crossover player's guide uh, between Magic and D&D. So uh, James Wyatt, uh, who's who's been working on Magic for years now um, and worked on D&D for, God, forever before... Um, uh, had been putting out like small little, uh, they were called plane shift pieces. They were just little PDF supplements um, to the art books uh, about D&D stuff. But uh, Guildmaster's Guide was like a full D&D book. It was neat. Uh, so we, we ran a an unfinished short campaign. Uh, we got, I think, three or four weeks in. Three or four weeks in uh, on our uh, podcast Discord. Um, and I did a, uh, a one-shot uh, murder mystery thing uh, with this book. I thought this was great. Uh, this is obviously a time-consuming product. You know, this is something James is going to do. Um, so it requires James to have the time to publish something like this. I thought it was awesome. I would love for Magic to do another D&D book. I thought this was really successful. Oh my gosh, I need more of these. Like, I've always flirted with the idea of doing a Planeswalker campaign. Like, But I, I want more worlds that like as much as i want to design my own world like I, I feel like i don't have enough time to do that but i have players who some of which play magic some of them who don't and i would love to be able to have them visit different worlds from magic that you know it, the way that this book was done because i loved the way this book was done um there were it gave me stat blocks for, for characters that I would love to know about. Um, it also um, gave me world descriptions of the different people that are that you interact with in the, the card game and on, in the story. And I just, I, I cannot emphasize enough how much I want more of these for the different um, planes of magic. It, 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 and heck, I would love to see Statbox for some of the actual planeswalkers that we know and love. Um, just to see... If I wanted to have the characters interact or get into a fight with Dovin Bond or something, even rest in peace, Dovin or something, I shouldn't have used that. <laughs> you know, Ashiok or or Tezzeret. Like, I want to see how much strength Tezzeret actually has because he took uh, Rao to to task, and I want to know like just how ba a stat block would he have in D anD D, and that kind of thing really intrigues me. So. Like I would love to see more books like Te Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica for other planes. It's also just like a monster manual for planeswalkers or magic creatures. So what you're saying is you like D and D? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I think everybody's a fan of this. Um, so because we are extending this whole thing back to last year, it does catch one kind of off the cuff product, um, and it's hard to even call it a product because it was a whole free novella by renowned author Rannon Sanderson, and that was Children of the Nameless, which is our introduction to Davriel Kane, um, a little side story set on Innistrad. Had nothing to do with anything, except it gave us Davriel um, a moment before he would finally get a card in War of the Spark, um, and 
show up in like two sentences in the novel. This was a phenomenal story. This is, uh, uh, like I said, it's a free PDF. So if you have not read Children of the Nameless yet, uh, you can go uh, over to the magic site. We'll link to it. You can download the PDF. It's 100% free. Like, I can't stress that enough. This is a free, it's like a 120-page novella by Brandon Sanderson. It is fantastic. It's so good. It was a surprise. Um, this was like a fantastic thing to just cap the year off. Uh, December is usually a pretty slow time in the magic community. We're usually just getting done the fall set, and we're like not quite getting into previews for the winter set and like nobody's at Watsi because they're all on their holiday break so there's just like not a lot of company community action and, and things kind of die down um dropping children of the nameless at this point last year was so good brilliant business decision to to keep the fourth community engaged through that break i i the, i don't think i have a bad thing to say about this um, getting someone like Brandon, who's a massive Magic fan, to write it um, and and promote it. Uh, he was on Weekly MTG. Uh, he was talking about it. He did, uh, I think, at least one AMA on Reddit. Um, he's always on social media pushing his stuff. Uh, like, getting it off of that engaged helps a lot, too, with the marketing. It was great. It was it was perfect. I, I, have, I, have, I have no bad things about this. Nope, none at all. It was, it was right. If you're going to do side stories, oh god, do do more like this. I, I will take as many Children of the Nameless shaped things, shaped stories as as I can get. Um, this was really good. This was really successful, I think. Um, there there are lots of moments. So like summer corsets where there isn't a story would also be another great time to drop something like Children of the Nameless. This brings us to the return of IDW's Magic the Gathering comics. They did the Deck Faden comics um, a bunch of years ago, and, and they came back with Chandra. Uh, four issues. Uh, the first one was released on December 12th last year, and the most recent one was just released. Uh, the, the last part, part four, came out um, the 18th of this month this year, so... Almost an entire, a little over an entire full year just to get four episodes that was supposed to be done at the very beginning of 2019, which which I think is a, a good signal to where our feelings are going about these comics. Yeah, not good. Is, is Does that pretty much cover everything you have to say about that, Brian? Yep. <laughs> yeah, um, so these were written by um, Evita Ayala, who is fantastic. Love them to death. Uh, and illustrated by Harvey Tolibau. Um So industry veterans who, who are doing this. Uh, Vita is also a huge Magic fan. I enjoy these comics uh, for what they were. They are a, a little little bash between Chandra and Tybalt. And uh, Johnny's there as a side character. Um, they were cute. They were fun. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Tybalt. The entirety of Chandra number four is like Tybalt getting his ass kicked, but talking like he's winning. It's like exactly the Tybalt that Tumblr has always wanted. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a longer, we'll have a full episode about the comics and, and what all happens in them um, next month. Um, that'll that'll be the the episode we come back with will be the, the IDW Chandra. God, these delays, first issue was delayed a couple months and then everything just kept getting delayed and it's like finally out. Is, this is a disaster. So there was supposed to be a series after this. Um, uh, Chandra something something Alara, where she was going to team up with Jace, and they were going to save people on Alara. That just got canned very quietly earlier this year, um, in September, I think. 
So it's like they re they reached out with the comics and and they tried it and they just failed miserably. It's an absolute failure of a product. A $4 comic just looks so bad next to a $4 ebook, which we'll get to in a bit. That's just bad product alignment in a marketplace. You know, we we had a we had a 200-page ebook uh, written by Kate Elliott for Throne of Eldraine that cost the same as one issue of this comic. Ugh, <laughs> that's bad. That's bad. That's so bad from a consumer standpoint. And like, here's the other thing. So the co the comic first came out in December last year. When is the comic set? It is set after War of the Spark Forsaken, which only came out last month. Everything about Chandra's emotional experience in this comic is implicit in having read War of the Spark, Ravnica, and War of the Spark Forsaken. So one of the things we talked about in our Forsaken episode is, uh, I, I specifically I talked about um, the way Chandra feels emotionally stunted and traumatized by Gideon's death and the fight with Bolas. Um, and, and then we learned the breakup with Nyssa, and all of that is supposed to feed into her character at the beginning of the comics, but we didn't, it, it took us a whole year to know that. Who did, who planned that? Who scheduled that, is what I want to know, because that's also, literally everything about the Chandra comic, in terms of planning and scheduling and execution and timing, was a disaster. This was so bad. It, it, and it's not, I feel like this timing affected a lot of their products this year as far as the story yeah t t timing's gonna continue to be a problem and, and and we'll get to that um so quarter one at the beginning of this year so because we're finally at this year um so like i said we had uh the uh, nikki drayden's uh the, re the rest of her stories uh, we also had the last art of magic the gathering book the the ravnica book um because we didn't get one for eldraine because they take time to write <sighs> the reality of ancillary products when it comes to ips like this is that if a product starts uh you know you know so we had the zendikar art book was introduced a couple years back when products in, are introduced like that it's because a company says hey we think we have an audience for this product and we think selling it and producing it and marketing it will make us money that is the cold hard truth of capitalism that is the primary lens through which you should look at these ancillary products as far as i know the zendikar book did great um and and i think the innistrad one did too these are two of magic's most popular planes with established fan bases as the art books went i feel like they got less popular i feel like people didn't like the kaladesh or amonkhet ones as much and part of that is because they were, were brand new planes that didn't have much must have as much lore whereas zendikar and innistrad were both return planes so they had like effectively twice as much information about them the problem is if you stop buying the art books, they will go away, and they've gone away. Um, you know, we have we have no update on a potential Theros art book. I, I, I assume it's not happening. I I have no expectations of a Theros art book. That's a shame. Like I, I feel like the more popular a set is to play, the more likely people are going to be interested. And Ixalan and um, Amonkhet were both planes where they were heavily overshadowed by the sets around them 
and were very low power level in comparison. So there were a lot of these sets were not very popular as a result, and making their art books for those sets was kind of impact. Or the sales for those sets were for the art books for those sets were obviously impacted by that because a lot of people just did not really show as much interest in Ixalan or Amonkhet as some of the other sets. Yeah, I mean, new stuff is not going to sell as good as your greatest hits, which Innistrad and Zendikar, Zendikar are. I don't know how well the Ravnica one did. People, I, I believe they've, the, the research has shown that Ravnica is their most popular current playing with the current audience. Anyway, um, yeah, so that was our last art book. So um, if they weren't selling, then it is right to stop making them because it's a waste of time and resources uh, and marketing that you can be using on other things that will generate revenue for the company. That's it's not personal it's just business um the reality is uh the vorthos community hasn't always been great at buying ancillary products um this is part of the reason novels went away. the novels when they went away in the brady era was also because they were just terrible and people don't want to read bad things so q2 this year uh we had the <laughs> i forgot it was four whole months between chandra one and and two um, and then, but then we had the release of War of the Spark Ravnica, the uh, the novel by Greg Weisman. And so, when the novel got announced, our podcast, in general, was pretty critical because we're like, "Hey, you tried novels before, and they sucked, and they were bad, and they were riddled with problems, and nobody read them, and nobody bought them. What are you doing?" Um, I think I had the most optimistic take, which was, "Look, we'll wait and see how it does." If they learned the lessons from the past, maybe it'll be better. I'm pretty sure I had the most optimistic outlook because I actually enjoyed all, almost all of the previous novels. So that's fair. I think I stayed silent most of that because I just let you guys kvetch. So <laughs> uh, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> I think I liked War of the Spark Ravnica more than most people. Um, that's not saying I loved it. It was fine. Which, when that when that is one of the best takes in the community, like, that's not great. And the Forsaken, we'll, we'll get to later, just... Forsaken just fell on its face. It was, it was That book was bad. Um, so, so there was also those six episodes of online fiction that somewhat War of the Spark. I don't think anyone even know those existed. That was supposed to be the free version of the story for the people who didn't want to buy a $20 hardcover of a bad book. Yeah. You can't write an effective novel in six months for an IP that an author is not familiar with for a story that has like 40 characters in it that you are aiming to tie up a storyline that you've been telling for four years while also being an introductory point for people new to the franchise. That's insane. Who I To plan a novel that has to hit all those things is insane. Um, I feel really bad for Greg Wiseman because this was a project that was doomed to fail, I think. I think this is was literally an impossible task that he got saddled with. I think he did, for World of Spark Ravnica, about as good as anybody could do, and that is a very low bar. Yeah, I definitely feel like selecting an author who had at least a... a we know this community has different authors who have some semblance of knowledge about the, the Planeswalkers involved. So it, I just feel like picking somebody up who has no knowledge of these characters and doesn't really understand their voice in previous works 
and it, having them do so many characters just it's an impossible task and like i i also i i I, I kind of, there were parts of Ravnica that I, or War of Spark Ravnica that I enjoyed, um, and I, I, I didn't think it was awful as a lot of people did, but it, it's, I thought he did a, a decent enough job with what the task that he was given, so I, it's, feel kind of bad for him about that, but didn't get any better with, with Forsaken, so. I mostly feel bad for the community, because yikes, this is... Uh, direct message to Wizards of the Coast, please stop doing novels. Like, then there's even a huge, there's a huge difference between like a $7 paperback and a $20 hardcover. Like that, that, the, the fact that, like, I don't even, I don't even care that War of the Spark Ravnica was literally the best-selling magic novel of all time. It was a New York Times bestseller. I'm not going to say that I, I agree completely with don't do novels. I just think we need to be a little bit more selective with who were granting the, the the ability to write these novels and about giving them a little bit more time to develop their story like it there isn't time there isn't time that was the problem with the old novels that uh you know you know Brady highlighted very publicly um in like the old magic forums uh you know that that trying to develop a novel on the same timeline as developing a card set's nearly impossible which is part of the reason they stopped doing novels in the first place so, so to me to me the answer is hey um you know some some people who have been there in in the building have been there since uh you know for a very long time and have been through the old novel era and there are some new faces in there um so so it's not like it was like a bunch of new people came in and made the same mistakes as old people because there are old voices there too regardless of intent and the people behind it all the same mistakes that tanked old novels were made with this new thing that were handicapped right from the start I think what I'm trying to say as far as there would be enough time if the person writing the novel were intimately knowledgeable about the the characters involved. I don't have a lot of nice things to say about the new attempt at novels, which is pretty clear. Um, I have pretty split things to say about the Q3 release, which was Django Wexler's The Gathering Storm. Uh, 20 short stories all, all linked together. Um, this was the story... Uh, the narrative, the main narrative of Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Allegiance leading up to War of the Spark, which came out after War of the Spark, which is our first problem. Second problem was it was released as an emailed newsletter from Delray Publishing's website that you had to sign up for. What? Like, it was free. Like, fr 20 free stories that were... Well, okay. Um, we'll, we'll start with the good... Like, uh, Gathering Storm is some of the best magic fiction I've ever read. Django crushed this. These stories were so good. These were unbelievably good stories. Agreed. And they were free. That little package of information right there, brilliant. This is the most convoluted release thing for a story I have ever seen from Magic. The fact that these came out after the War of the Spark novel is... I, I don't know... A travesty. I, I don't know what happened where Chandra came out and then War of the Spark, and then Gathering Storm, and then Forsaken, and then The Last of the Chandra. I don't know what kind of Tarantino nonsense led to this in the last year, but it's terrible. Oh my god. Like, I, like, I can't even imagine how much 
better War of the Spark Ravnica novels reception would have been if we had read the Django Wexler stories beforehand. Um, I, I think you would see a lot of the same complaints, especially about the, the way uh, Greg and Django wrote some characters a little bit differently. If Wexler's stories were just released as like two novellas to so so take 10 and 10 um, and release them as like $4 novellas with Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Allegiance, I would have paid for those and enjoyed them immensely. Even just release it as one big thing, I would have enjoyed it immensely. Even just release it as one big thing at the start, you know, you know when uh, Core 2020 comes out over the summer. Just like, hey, here's here's an ebook with our thing. Go read it. Instead of having to drag it out over 20 weeks. Like, as content creators, dragging that out over 20 weeks was terrible for planning and scheduling. Like, it gave us stuff to talk about, but it, like, it, it was a nightmare to try and coordinate that in any kind of coherent fashion. Um, it got weird at the end when it overlapped with Eldraine, which is the, the, the main core fourth quarter, fourth quarter, Q4, core four words. Uh, thing. Um, Brian, what, what, what are your reactions to the Wexler things? I... Django killed this. Um, and I, like, <laughs> that, like, I, I feel like that he, oh gosh, he, he nailed it. And he, I could not emphasize how good of a job he did with it. And I really wish that that was in print somewhere because like i would buy that ebook or i would have bought that as a as a short novel or however many words however it needed to be classified as i would have bought it because the the stark difference between the voices that he gave his characters provided he had far fewer to write for i mean not really he he had some it wasn't completely that much worse but like I feel like he did an incredible job relaying the story of the characters that he was given to write for, and I would have purchased that. Uh, so fourth quarter, the end of this year, catching up with the present day, uh, we had, uh, you know, as you mentioned, the, the War of the Spark Forsaken novel uh, last month, and, and then in September, uh, The Throne of Eldraine, The Wilder Quest, the, uh, it's about 200 page, it's a long novella. Um, with, with the set story for uh, Throne of Eldraine, uh, and that's by Kate Elliott, who had previously written Chronicle of Bullish for Core 2019, which was one of my favorite stories ever written. So bringing her back, I, well, you know, we'll start there. Uh, bringing Kate Elliott back is fantastic. Um, she is the, uh, of all the authors that have written for things, uh, she is the first one to do a thing, depart, and then be brought back. Um, she's a fantastic person to do that. The Chronicle of Bolas is really well regarded. Uh, the community loved that. Bringing back an author that we liked, that's good listening. Um, so Wizards of the Coast, kudos, points there. Um, assuming that that was the reason that Kate was brought back and not just like, hey, it's someone we worked with whose schedule is free. The story itself was great. Um, it was like the perfect length. And uh, this is the, the first attempt where they were like, hey, this is a $4 ebook. It's going up, uh, you know, you know, before previews are out, because that was another big problem with War of the Spark Ravna, because the full set was previewed and then the novel came out. So like everybody knew Gideon died and Bolas got thrown into the prison realm. Um, and so the novel was like, oh, we didn't have that problem with Eldraine. So a lot of good things here. Releasing the Eldraine story before preview season was fantastic. Um, I cannot commend that decision enough. That was smart. If we get more magic story in the future in a single package like this, having it done before previous season is beautiful. Please do that more, Wizards. 
I personally like the $4 ebook. I was fine with that. Uh, some people do have concerns that it's not free. Um, there's there's some community. There was a lot of community discussion about you know what role does Magic Story actually play? Is it a product? Is it an advertisement? Should it be something that comes out of a marketing budget? That kind of thing. Um, I'm fine with a four dollar ebook. Uh, I that's one pack of Magic cards. I think that's affordable. Just being able from a business standpoint, from you know you know if I'm inside Wizards of the Coast, it's going to be easier for me to sell up other people around me and above me in the company on publishing uh, story work if I can say, hey, we can get $4 from most of our community. You know, there will be some people who we may not hit. And, uh, you, know, you know, I'm putting on my community hat for a sec. You know, just people will pirate things if they really want to. You know, you know, you know, part of the reason we do the podcast is also like summaries. So like if you don't want to read the story or if like, you know, if you don't want to pay $20 for War of the Spark Forsaken, we'll have a whole episode about it where we tell you what happens and then tell you how miserable it was when we read it. Um, <laughs> so you didn't have to. Uh, so I I personally was fine with the $4 ebook thing. I, I know that's a sticking point for some people. Um, that, that is the thing where, like, I'm going to say, hey, Wizards of the Coast, the community was kind of divided on, on that price point. And, and I know that that price point and the ebook were things that specifically came out of that survey from the beginning of this year. I mentioned that at, way at the beginning of the episode. That was all calculated from that survey. Uh, so that was a very deliberate and targeted and pinpointed business decision, um, which I think was successful from, again, internal Watsi hat on, I think I would look at Wildwood Quest and say everything about this was a success. Yep. Kate did a great job, and the read was worth it, and I, like, I would be willing to do that if it meant that we, that's how we had to get the story, I would do it. I would. Um, as long as we got stories of that quality or higher, like, like I said, I would have bought Django's um, work with The Gathering Storm as an Eden book or something of that nature brandon sanderson's work with um children of the nameless again something i would have been willing to pay for even like wizards had a lot of had, had some decent things go for it this year like nikki's work and django or that django wasn't this year but you know django was this year yeah i'm not django i meant um nikki or I guess Nikki was. This Nikki year. was this year. Yeah, like, like the Ravnica Legion stuff was it's earlier this year. It's been a long year. day. I've been up. Ugh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, it's, it's been a long episode. Actually, can can we can we officially announce? You know, this is this is we're in the end game of the end game now. We're in our final part of the episode, the last year and change as a whole. Like they've they they had a lot of good things go for them. Like the timing was all screwed up. Like I feel like if they had gotten the timing on these right. This would have been a great year for them. Like outside of Forsaken still being awful and the the comics being, eh, I enjoyed the comics. The, the rest of the stories would have been great, and, and they they were so close to having a good year. Like it wouldn't have been super great, but it would have been just good enough. And like it, it's a lot of this, like because War of the Spark was a lot worse because of us not having a story from the gathering storm like the book would have been a little bit better because people would have had all the context needed going into it i feel like that was a big part of the story that 
heard a lot of its initial readings. Like, us showing up where they started that book, us not knowing, having any idea of what where they were when they started off. Like, the first chapter of the book, I had no idea what was going on because we missed the story because it was all outlined in Django's stories. Like, and the book would have just been so much better if we had that context. Like, I mean, not that much better, but it would have been better. And I feel like all of that timing really impacted everything else. Forsaken wasn't great. Comics were eh. But they had a decent year. And outside of just not giving us any story for Theros, which is disappointing, but I guess that's going to be, that's going to technically fall into next year. It's like, it had a really promising start and just execution is really what hurt them this year as far as the story team was concerned. So, you know, I I hope that they're taking this time with no story for Theros to make sure that everything works out for Ikoria and beyond. I hope that they continue to give us the story before the set comes out like they did with uh, Th- Throne of Eldraine because that timing was great. And just continue to improve like I, I i'll be here waiting for them whenever they decide to give a story again but you know it's there were signs of promise but things just weren't executed and it's really discouraging to see them it what feels like giving up i'm hoping that's not actually what's happening but that's what it feels like to me right now and i'm really disappointed with that yeah i think if you could summarize 2019 in magic story big picture overall great stories some of the worst planning and execution I've ever seen from a large company, um, narratively. For folks who don't listen to every nitty-gritty detail from every episode, uh, my background is in film. Uh, mostly in studies, but a little bit production. Um, I did a little bit of work um, in college in television, uh, mostly on commercials and corporate video. But uh, here's, here's the thing about making movies. If you're pre-production is screwed up and your scheduling is screwed up and all that planning is screwed up, literally nothing you can do in production will save it. And if things get messed up during your production, nothing in post-production is gonna save it. The worst words you can say on a film set are, we'll fix it in post, because you won't. It'll just be bad. The things that you would want to fix in post, fix them in production. The things that you would want to fix in production, fix them in pre-production. And I look at the last year in Magic and I see a lot of parallel problems where it just looks like things in pre-production were a disaster and a nightmare. And all those problems cascaded into both the creation of these stories and the execution and the follow-through and the publication and the consumption of them. So in this last year... You know, we, we've had the new franchise world building thing so that, and the outside authors. That, that whole system has existed for a bit now. Uh, you know, this is this team took over, um, these, these teams, I should say, uh, took over in Dominaria, uh, which had a little hiccup of a start um, because that was two sets that then turned into one set. But after that, things ran pretty smoothly as long as Wizards was publishing its own things. Uh, This last year is when Wizards has started working with outside publishers. And everything went to hell. And that's scary. And it's just extremely frustrating to see an entire year get messed with because of 
the same from what look like uh, the same kind of mistakes. And again, if if anyone from Wizards is listening or is listening who has contacts with folks who who make these stories happen in Wizards, um, I hope you've made it through this whole entire episode. Uh, I, I I really want you to listen to this feedback. This is not just feedback from two people on a podcast. Um, I, I take a lot of my community work very seriously, and I sit and listen to the things the community has to say. Um, you know, part of what we want this podcast to be is not just our opinions. We want to be able to listen to the Vorthos community, hear concerns, bring them up with wizards. Um, like, honestly, yes, we've brought them up to wizards before, and wizards, y'all have listened to us on this podcast. Um, and we appreciate that. And this is another moment where we are like, just want to like scream i don't want to break my mic or anybody's ears or anything but i just want to scream like please listen to what is happening to the community um because it's not good and and i think that's really really the takeaway at, at the very end um to, to just kind of cap off this episode's discussion is this year was not good and it ended not good and with no theros story 2020 is starting literally the worst it could start Every moment has been a continued downward trend. I don't know. When folks get back from holiday vacation, I hope there's crisis meetings or something because things are spinning out of control for the community. And nobody is managing that. We can't see anybody managing that. There is nobody telling us what is going to happen. There's no one explaining things to us. That's bad. So let's do some final thoughts. Um... (laughs) My final thought is uh, Star Wars just happened. So so we are recording this literally on the night, you know, that all the big Thursday premieres are happening. I won't see it till till Tuesday. So if you are one of the Monday morning listeners, I, I will not have seen Star Wars yet when you hear this. But I'm, I'm excited. I like Star Wars. Um, reviews are mixed to not great. I have low expectations because I don't really like J.J. Abrams as an artist. <laughs> um, but I I love Star Wars. Uh, you know, you know, magic is is one of my favorite fandoms. I am also huge into Star Wars. Uh, much more excited for continuing more episodes of The Mandalorian than Rise of Skywalker. But happy Star Wars weekend, everybody. My final thought is that I just want everybody listening to have a great holiday season. Yeah, that's it, because I'm tired of ranting right now, and I'm tired as hell, so... We're all tired, and folks out there, if you are also tired, but enjoy listening to us anyway, because, frankly, I think we're great, and I hope you think so too, and uh, if, if you want to keep hearing us, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash Uh We can't keep making the show without your support. Y'all help us keep going week after week, except for the next two weeks. Shh, remember, we don't have episodes. Uh, we'll be back in January next year, a whole year from now. Um, three weeks, three weeks from, from now. Um, so uh, head over to Patreon. You can support us. Uh, everyone who supports us gets access to our Discord community, where Vorthoses from around the world are still getting excited for Theros. The cards are exciting. The world building is exciting. I want to be able to tell people about Clothis. Um, uh, we've got, we're going to have lots of Star Wars chats. We've still got lots of Pokemon chats. Um, we're, we're, 
getting into lots of exciting year-end thingies and uh you know it's it's a really good community filled with lots of really great people and we'd love to have you there if you support us at our middle tier you get access to pull from the deep which is a short episode that we release once a month uh you know at the, at the end of the month that uh deals with a topic that we wouldn't talk about on on the show and you know something magic related that might be a little more personal or tangential or might blend magic with one of our uh, cast members personal interests um they're just like weird little things uh that you can explore magic in weird new ways get to know us a little better better um it's a neat feature and then at our highest tier you can be one of our live listeners so we record uh thursdays around 7 to seven thirty eastern time so if you want to get episodes a couple days early, uh, chat with us before and after the show, uh, enjoy all the little moments and little mistakes that happen along the way that make these colorful and exciting in ways that most of the public doesn't get to hear, that is a tier you want to be in. It is great. We appreciate our live listeners so much. Y'all make recording the episodes like so much more fun, seriously. And because... I feel like some people might be a little worried that, hey, no Theros story, what's the podcast going to do? We have plans. We are in talks about, you know, okay, so we're not going to have stories to talk about. What can we do? And we have some fun ideas. I'm, I'm very excited. We're going to try some new things next year. We're not going to announce anything yet. Um, I think we'll do that when we come back because we're still ironing out some details and, and planning and scheduling it and, and whatnot. Um, but you're going to see some exciting new stuff from us next year. Uh, 2020, I think it's going to be a fantastic year for our podcast, regardless of what happens to magic. And, uh, I'm very excited for all y'all to be there. So this is 2019 signing off from the Vorthos cast. Thank you everybody for listening, for supporting, for, for being pals, for being friends. This is a year. This is a year. I hope everybody has a good last couple of weeks of 2019 and we will see you in the future. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.